friends. Welcome to another episode of the Launch Sequence Podcast. I am your host, Space Tomato. With me today, Galleon, a lovely streamer over on Twitch, plays a lot of Star Citizen, is very, very good to me. I drop in with all the raids and I love it. Thank you so much for that. Um, but today we're going to talk a little bit about just general Star Citizen kind of stuff. Um, but we were already having a, a, a good chat right before this. Get back into that. We were talking about Discord communities in general. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, when I first came in here, I was just shocked at how big it was. I mean, I, I have no idea the history of the Discord. So, you know, what were you before Star Citizen, I guess? Oh, it was... <laughs> they didn't know me until I put on the Star Citizen no, I, I, yeah. I literally, I didn't do anything before Star Citizen. Um, Star Citizen fired the whole Space Tomato thing. This community came Star Citizen, all that. So it's kind of, what you're seeing here is basically the last year and a half or so. Of, wow, amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's been, it's been a lot of fun. But like I was saying before, you know, there's a good balance between growth and size versus activity and something that we're really looking to do now coming there's more gameplay coming into star citizen and stuff like that is just develop more of the activity that people jump in and this discord is about multiple games this one's less just on star citizen we actually have a different place for that this one is more about people who love star citizen but still want to be able to play other things with each other and hang out chat about other stuff so that's that's kind of how we're branding it at least very impressive yeah I like you just overall like yeah there's a lot of people here but even either even still like you're using you're making good use of all the discord features like i didn't even know these features existed and like very well organized and you got little emojis all over the place there's content there's controls and bots and just you know overall great discord thumbs up it took, it took some time it definitely yeah, took I'm time sure. but you've got your own community uh around the stream right if you want you can you know talk a little bit about that tell tell us about ultimate ultimate yeah. energy is like the community that I associate with. Are you familiar with Ultimate Energy? I am a little, yes, a little bit. I Because yeah. I, I speak with um, Corsair and I'm involved in the Damar Rally and then also with Hasgaha. So I've definitely talked about it. Yeah, it's different. You know, it's different than, than this. I like going to other people's discords and seeing how the communities differ. Uh, maybe, I don't know, sometimes I wonder if it's like, an expression of the personalities of the organizers you know it's like imprinting themselves on the discord itself yeah i don't know i think it definitely speaks to the personality of like not even just the the person organizer the admin but parts of the community. so like some of the channels that we just put in i wasn't even considering we were working on this discord remodel that we did last week like the last two or three months and had all these channels put together and then just like last week somebody in the org was like i'd really love a place where we can share pictures like what so we, <laughs> we threw that in there and it's just like yeah. that's I, I i wouldn't have done that but other people want it. very popular um so i do like that aspect of it i think that's something that a lot of people are starting to realize about Discord. this there's chatter i keep hearing like uh Oh, the anti-Facebook or like the new versions of social media where people are looking to get saying? more into these chat rooms and these personal locations rather than Reddit or Twitter where everything's open to the public. And I can kind of see that. You get that with this. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I pushed my entire family into using Slack, which is like the the corporate version of of Discord. Yeah. yeah. Um, to get them off of Facebook and all those other toxic communities. So now we just have our own internal toxic community. <laughs> <laughs> just bouncing family. the toxins off each other. Basically, I but, guess that's how it works. Yeah. You get the threads and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of going back though to your to your community, tell me more about yeah. Ultima Energy because I like I said I've heard the name, but I've never really learned entirely what it's all about i'd love to talk more about it because i don't get to talk about ultima to anybody and it it's it's tricky because um it's kind of all over the place a little bit and different people ask me about it in different contexts so i don't really get to talk about it too much because it seems very complicated and convoluted and i don't intend for that to be that way um so ultima energy is a fuel provider within star citizen right by roleplay, by lore. Uh, and, you know, I've been pushing that narrative for the past uh, five years, I guess, whenever they added the guild functionality into the website. Um, because, uh, you know, fueling is, is the equivalent of food for me. And I, I started off in restaurant, working at restaurants as a cook. And I mean, I guess still working at restaurants as a cook. So I provide fuel for people, IRL. And, uh, you know, I get the whole thing with the fuel rats. That's really cool. And I think that Star Citizen should have its own flavor of fuel rats. How do you feel about that? I definitely agree. Um, I, I think a lot of people who are in the space sim area know about the fuel rats. And I think that is an incredible thing to achieve as just a fictional group in a game to be able to not only have your name be known, what you're doing, but to also have your function, have the thing that you do be known outside of the game. I didn't even play Elite Dangerous the first time I heard about the Fuel Rats, and it was an incredibly interesting story for me to hear. So I am, I, I actually find that super interesting that you're setting the company up to be something like that. I would like it to be, but I don't want it to be about, uh, we're, well, I mean, sure, we're happy to compete against that. Um, but at the same time, I have a lot of appreciation for the Fuel Rats and everything they've accomplished because it's a hell of a feat. The, the branding that they've established throughout the, um, the the game community is, you know, I would say something that I could not do, right? Um, but either way, I, I, I like that uh, that what they're providing to people is literally food, right? Like mm, people, yeah. their ships get hungry, they go out and they, they deliver their food. And that's really cool. So uh, let's do that in Star Citizen. Yeah, I think that's actually, I would love to speak more about that because the... There are a lot of examples of uh, groups and individuals who want to start companies, essentially, in-game. And mm -hmm. a lot of them live in the lore, like Ultima Energy. And uh, a lot of I think a lot of people in the future who end up playing Star Citizen are going to end up working with a lot of these groups. Because while it's going to be cool to be getting missions from NPCs and going around and doing your own story-based thing, the real dynamic play is going to be coming from all these players working together to do things. So I hope so. I hope so. I don't see that future though. You know, no. like from what I've seen from Star Citizen and gaming as a whole is like tribalism seems to only be increasing. People are becoming like reclusive within their communities. So and like the communities are just kind of self-sustaining, right? There's no interplay between the communities. So I don't know if they can achieve that through game mechanic or some other type of system. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, I hope for that future. I just I can't imagine what that would look like. Well, I imagine there would need to be a balance with the quantum system, right? If you go break down where we're going to be getting missions from, that would be, they would be 
um, provided by quantum, by what the system that you're in is doing at that time. So if they say, they said, okay, we're going to have a system where orgs have more power, orgs can do more stuff, maybe they can uh, lower the amount of NPC-provided missions that you're getting in that area. And that's might not be something that they want to do, but just theoretically speaking, they could have the possibility of editing that kind of stuff with the gameplay features. But I do, I do see where you're coming from. If that's left up to just the players to figure out on their own, um, there's no knowing how that would go. I would say personally, for our org, the Garden Interstellar Initiative, we have already started to try and reach out to people. Um, Ultima Energy is another group that we obviously want to be able to work with, but we we are pushing for the ability for groups and orgs and individuals to be able to work together to actually maintain like a healthy community in Star Citizen. And I think there will be a good amount of people who are looking to make that happen as well. Yep, same here. And like that's why I want to push Ultima Energy just being focused on one thing in particular mm-hmm. and not doing anything else. Just do one thing. I mean, the mechanic's not even in game yet, yet still I'm yeah. focused towards this one thing. And like anytime, I always get people who are uh, combat people coming by and they offer their orc services for escorts and stuff like that. Right. And I mean, you know, that's that's what I hope for is is a lot of that stuff. I hope yeah. I can foster that. Yeah, that's, that's I, I think you have a lot of people who are on board with that idea. Good. And Good. Glad to hear. So, so going further down that line of of energy obviously ships are like the main thing people are thinking about in terms of fuel and stuff like that but when it comes to base building is that something that you guys want to be really involved in too Ooh, that's a good question um you to talk in a corsair or something um <laughs> yeah uh, that might be the big thing that might be bigger than anything else i'm very closely paying attention to that and trying to uh, stay on top of that uh, the real estate gameplay, we don't know anything about yet. Right. And that is the ace up CIG's sleep. Well, from our perspective, they might have other things, but uh, they really haven't gone in, gone down the road of, of selling real estate to us yet and, and all of the opportunities that are available there. So I think that will be where everything goes down is who's got property in which places because, you know, we're a fuel company. We're I'm, I'd like to refine our own fuel, right? If we could focus on that, we might have to store fuel on locations, so mm-hmm. we might have to have real estate for that. So um, I think about those things. Yeah, 100%. You, I mean, you guys are going to be extracting fuel, transporting fuel, probably refining the fuel and uh, and and using that as well. So that's going to be, and I think that's one of the coolest things about setting up a company, like you're saying, that's focused around just one thing in many other games your goal with that company would literally just be pulling something out of the ground and shipping it away. But with Star Citizen, the amount of scale that's involved allows you to go into that one thing that the company's based on, but find the 10 different aspects that you have to, you know, you have to become a professional at to do them. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, I look forward to that. And also uh, United Earth Mining Corporation, UEMC, they're a huge Mm -hmm. org that just is mining. Um, I'm in close discussion with them as well, like trying to see how you know, we can service one another. Uh, so that'll be exciting to see. Yeah. I really do hope that we start to hear more about what's going on with, with player organization stuff soon. I know that they were, they kind of had some of that on the roadmap or on the progress tracker towards the beginning of the year. And it's been moved off a little bit as, Mm -hmm. as things will be. Um, but that's a very exciting one and something that we haven't even discussed on the podcast yet. Orgs. Yeah. Yeah. Just in general orgs, um, role-playing in general and, and all that kind of stuff. 
because I I think that the there are, some people will listen to role playing or think of role playing and be like, no, I don't want to do that. Um, but there are different levels to it, and 100%, yeah. just the idea of working for an in fiction company is role playing, and I think 100%. every org is going to do that. So that's going to be a big part of the game. That's something I said to CR when I met him is that uh, I hope that we can automate role play through the game mechanic, through game systems. That's what I hope for. Like basically so that we're guiding players to do role play, but they don't even realize it because Mm. community developed content is a way for sustainability uh, in the game industry. So uh, if we can keep a momentum like that rolling with role play, I think just overall, we'd have a much more positive community. I have a I have a question then what you think about what they're doing with the Moby Glass apps how they are instead of calling them their actual function they're giving them all like in lore names I've seen different reactions to some of the names what do you think of uh, what they've done so far I don't know if I've heard the names uh, so you're welcome to fill me in there uh, the reputation app is called Delphi right um, the the currency Mo-trade. trading is Mo Trader, yeah, and the new asset manager is going to be called Knickknacks. And so it's that last one that I've seen most of the reactions to. That one seems to have been a little bit decisive. Yeah, it's just all role play. Uh, but what is like the concern that you've heard from people regarding? Oh, people that? just thought it was a, a weird name for the app. My main mm-hmm. my main question would be. Uh, I guess would it be a problem if people don't know what the heck these names mean? I mean, if if they're just like, I don't think so. If, if they go into the game and the tutorial is just like, open your Delphi app, and they're just like, what? I think I've seen that before in other games, though, and yeah. it does create confusion. But I think at the end of the day, it all boils down to iconography, right? Because uh, that's what your brain's gonna recognize before a word. Just see on the screen, yeah. And I I think their iconography could be improved by a little bit. So there's room for improvement. A little bit, yeah. We've, I think we've all been waiting very, very hard for uh, the UI overall to start to blossom. And we've seen signs that they know what they're doing with that. So I don't think... Oh, they, yeah. And it's iterative. And like, they got ridiculous deadlines and a whole bunch of managers. And they're like, it's an innovative project. And they got like so much just nonsense everywhere. Like if they do anything wrong, they get blasted on Spectrum or on Reddit or on Twitter or on game game websites fake news websites whatever mm. you know i will say so that, like i, I, I <laughs> yeah, will say ahead. that sometimes they uh maybe don't choose the best way to do certain things but but also a lot of times something will come out there will be uh a lot of like anger you know like what you're talking about people will start spewing stuff and then it'll be clarified a little bit more and people will be like oh okay Oh, right. That makes more sense. I think a lot of people forget that this is a game in development and the things that do end up getting changed can always be changed later down the line. Granted, a lot of it is being put in place to be solidified. There is a way to provide feedback. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and a they, lot do. Of times, they definitely have that. Yeah. Um, but you touched on uh, just all the stuff that they have going on in this game. And yeah. we were talking a little bit earlier last week about what other games we like to play what other games are fun to us and we both kind of (laughs) we were both kind of like well uh, um before star citizen were you playing a lot of other games 
yeah, I had a real addiction to Kerbal before I got into Star Citizen. Kerbal, Kerbal Space Program. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Heavily addicted. Ah, uh, Kerbal, that's a time Kerbal's sink. one of the. It's what? I hear it's a time sink. It yeah it it's it's uh, it's like it's like a slot machine. Because you build your rocket and then you hit the go button and then something will go wrong and you go back. <laughs> this is one little thing and you fix it and then it'll work for a little bit more and then something else will break. You go back and fix your rocket. You're always going back and forth to that and it's always just like, oh, one extra part or one little adjustment will make it all work. Thank God those and, rockets uh, don't cost actual money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before you know it, three hours goes by and your head is killing your... But you've kind of, you, you don't play that game as much anymore? Uh, well, Star Citizen takes up all of my time now. Right. Like, that's what it is. It's like, you grow up, you just don't, it's not like, you know, you just don't have as much time for gaming as you used to. And mm -hmm. Star Citizen has become more like a life of mine than it is a game now. Uh, but, you know, I still do Ultima online. I stream it on Mondays. I got a pizzeria that I run in UO, so that's cool. And I encourage people to try UO out because it's really the the... The framework of what we see to Star Citizen, or what we expect Star Citizen to be, uh, like it all kind of comes from Ultima because that's the origin system, right? Mm -hmm. Origin systems came from that. So right, yeah, I, I recognize. I mean, I don't know. I've never been an MMO player. Uh, I oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know Ultima, but I do. I know the name, and I know it's an important game. <laughs> I know that much. Yeah. So, s explain a little bit more what you were what you were saying. Ultima shows a lot of what Star Citizen is shooting to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, um, I mean, everything I would say, uh, I think, I don't, what's, what's not in Ultima that is in Star Citizen and vice versa? Uh, uh spaceships? Pretty, pretty, <laughs> what, what? I don't know, spaceships? I actually don't know what kind of a game Ultima is. Is that a fantasy? Yeah, so okay. instead of spaceships, you have water ships. I gotcha. Ships in the water. Okay. But it is, so yeah, it sounds very similar in the sense that you kind of have that, the ship being like a home away from home and you're working yep. with other people to get things done. Um, that's pretty cool. It is very sandboxy though, because like a lot of the systems that are automated in Star Citizen, like you could still do in UO, uh, but there was just no systems for that back then. Like mm -hmm. you got to consider that it is a uh, 1996 the almost a 30 year old game 20 wow. 25 year old game so yeah and that's crazy because that's my biggest thing is that we, we had these features in games 20 years ago but we really struggle for them now like star citizens trying to push these features out nobody else in the industry even cares right like yeah. the, the well i mean final fantasy 14 does a very good job but still they're just recycling all the features that we had in the late 90s they're they're not really innovating I don't see much innovation from Final Fantasy XIV. I see a lot in terms of like just game balancing and interface design, which mm -hmm. is good. You know, it's always good to have better interface. That's yeah. the most important part. So, yes. I, that's good. Go try out Ultima. I don't know. So, well, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's that's interesting stuff because as somebody who you know, I just said I don't know MMOs that much. I never really played them that much. I played basically grew up on Xbox with a little bit of PlayStation and oh okay and GameCube and Switch and Sega Dreamcast. I, I I was like dipping my toes everywhere, but it was mainly console stuff. I never got into some of this more expansive online gaming. So to hear the actual perspective of the current MMO scene compared to what we're looking at with Star Citizen, um, I find that really interesting. And the the fact that I cover Star Citizen and I understand, I recognize that it's doing something special, but I don't have that context, I think speaks towards how 
good they are doing at showing what they are doing. Yeah. That being said, why is it that so many people still seem to just not not understand it or not see it or not notice it? A lot of people still think that this game is just another casual uh, going nowhere game that's stuck in early development and they're not doing anything special. But as soon as people hop into the game, they go, oh, wow, wait, this is really cool. This ship is really cool. I like that I can walk around here and see this and talk to people here. And I'm just wondering, do you do you have any opinion on where the disconnect is there? Is it just people closing their eyes and, and plugging their ears and not wanting to hear? I think there's like a global scarcity of empathy as a resource out there. Nobody really wants to take the time to walk in somebody else's shoes. They just want to plug in, consume as quickly as possible, and then move on to the next thing. We're like a swipe right society. Swipe left. Swipe <laughs> left society. Whatever whatever direction you feel like swiping. Yeah. <laughs> More left than right, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> it's um but I don't know, like uh it's it's so hard. Like, okay, one thing I just want to say is like Star Citizen's a kind of a pathfinder, like largest crowdfunded campaign in history. Like there's really only one. We're a part of something that it, there's only one of on this planet. What else can you say that for? Like really to fully grasp what Star Citizen is, you have to consider its place in history. Like it is it's it's so unique, right? It's the first, maybe there's going to be more Star Citizens in the future. I mean, there is a lot more open access uh early stage development games now since Star Citizen comes out. But um to at this scale, never been never happened before. Right. So I think that's super important to to note. I to constantly consider. forget that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, and most people do. They don't realize that. They think it's just another game. Yeah. But this is a piece of history. Because early access has become something that is so common now, but early access is not the same as any form of open development. Now you could be playing in an early access game and have no idea what's coming down the line. Therefore, you can't comment on what's being done in the game. You can't comment on where the game is going. You can't comment on the progress that the game has made to get to that point that you're at. But with Star Citizen, you can watch every single day what's going on in this game. Granted, we don't know everything, but the level yeah. that we do know it is unmatched. And sometimes you just got to take a second and sit back and respect that. Mm -hmm. And consider that like Star Citizen is a beautiful game. And you should just honestly sit back and appreciate the game because it looks beautiful. And that's kind of all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us anything, really like how pretty it is. Well, anything else in the game, like you can kind of get from anything else. Like if you want a space simulator with guns and shooting and all that, like there's games out there for that. Like uh, the Ace Combat, not Ace Combat. There's a combat game out there that's super popular. Uh, I'm just, the word's escaping me right now. DCS? Yes, DCS. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, that's got great uh airborne combat systems so it, you know if you really want that to the best of its ability then that might be the place for you but like star citizen is a very innovative project and they're really just trying to push the bounds uh that nobody else has the balls to do mm -hmm. yeah people who made these comments over and over over the years yeah. and a lot of times people i think the first reaction you get from people when you talk about how excited you are about what star citizen is doing to push the envelope the first response you get every time is other games do that this feature is not new this has existed in other places and those people continue to miss over and over again that it's not the single feature it's the overall experience 
that they're bringing that people are excited for. I always and the features will come. Yeah, the features will come. They and and they're proving that they are coming. I mean, they've been slow, but we're starting to see finally in what I've been loving to call. I'm hoping to coin the term phase four of star citizen development. <laughs> we're seeing a lot more of these sort of forward facing kind of actual player oriented features coming online. So I yeah. like that. I don't think it should be called phases. It should be called eras. Like, eras. <laughs> what was what was the second era of star citizen or the second, second phase of star citizen? That was, that was the period when um, that was after the initial crowdfunding period, but before mm. 3.0. So it was kind mm, so, of like when everything blossomed and grew really, really quickly. So phase three would have been 3.0? Yeah, 3.0 up until about 3, 3.13, 3.12, like when, when everything started to shift more towards these sort of like, you know, you got you got features like the um, ICAST system coming on, which is bringing persistent inventory. Planetary, um, the planetary tech has reached the first version, so we're starting to see more innovation there. Um, things like quantum coming online, server meshing is being done. Those kinds of like the big, the big ticket things are what's kind of defining this sort of era for me. But I agree. I think Crusader is the beginning of a new era. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely starting to show. And again, like I was saying, I just I feel people kind of are missing the idea that all of this stuff being brought together is what makes Star Citizen special. Not necessarily that they're doing this. Actually, this is something that I've been bringing up a lot recently. The the physical inventory thing. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's starting to be some pushback, right? Mm. About the idea that there shouldn't be some sort of persistent inventory where you can lose your stuff. People are saying mm. it's going to be too annoying. It's going to be complicated. <laughs> and and you're like, that's not that's not the feature. You don't focus on that. That's not the feature. That's not what they're going for. It's an experience that they're trying to sell. This is a feature that's been in other games before. It's not anything new it's in combination with the other stuff that builds what star citizen is supposed to be and that's what people have signed up for that's what people fund it to 300 million dollars i mean if yeah. we wanted one of the other casual things that people were playing it never would have raised this much money that's right they're selling dreams big things big tickets right. i played no man's sky last night for the first time have you played that i yeah actually i started when that first came out when it first came out. So that was, I lost my NMS virginity last night. And I got to tell you, that game is hard. I was not expecting that. Like, I, it just picked me up and threw me right on the ground and, oh, yeah. and kicked me and punched me and did all that. Yeah. They'll, it'll, pin you on the, it'll pin you on the ground and be like, you better learn this game quick. Yeah. Way harder than Star Citizen, I would say. Like, I found it was funny, actually, because I, I feel like Star Citizen is hard because of its bugs and it's like PvP, like, you know, pirates, whatever. Yeah. People kill you it's just really unpredictable. easily. But in No Man's Sky, it's like everything is out to kill you and it's merciless. It doesn't like speaking of losing your persistent inventory, like if you don't store your shit, you lose it. Period. Yeah. So Yeah, No Man's Sky is is a survival game. It definitely has a heart in survival. Um you can like straight up spawn into the <laughs> you can be like, okay, I'm gonna turn on permadeath, I'm gonna turn on one life, and I'm gonna turn on max difficulty. Start me out, just give me something to do, and I'll figure it out. And then the game will go and throw you onto like a toxic planet with <laughs> with <Yeah>. limited oxygen. <laughs> and it's just like figure it out. Yeah, that game that game can, can be hardcore. That's fun. I like that. I like hard games. Um I don't think people should be afraid of hard games. It's re real life is hard. You have to work for it. Yeah. I I was reading 
I, I'm not going to be able to bring it up right now or, or remember exactly what it was, but I was reading an article recently about game difficulty and how it's changed over the last couple of decades, mm. how it's how we've gone from being very open to uh, trying out different ways of, of restarting, trying out different ways of, uh, of dying versus now when you get to a certain point in a game where people automatically just want to wipe their progress and go back to a safe point and start, you know, like nobody really wants to make a wrong decision and then play it out and see how it goes. And that's something that I think is more popular in the immersive sim genre, things like uh, System Shock or um, Deus Ex, games like that. But that's something that I, it sounds like Star Citizen is kind of aiming to do. And No Man's Sky kind of does as well, in, in the sense that you can you can mess up on No Man's Sky, you can like fail, you can go to a planet and not have anything, any way to get away, but you can sort of scrap together the resources to still save yourself. I believe the Star Citizen mantra is get good, I believe, <laughs> and I stand by that. Oh, man. I was, I was one of the people during the uh, hover mode fiasco. That, oh, yeah. That was not getting good. I, I will say that hilarious getting good. I don't know. <laughs> I will say that there were things that happened and, and, and Dasek's in the, in the audience right now. I, I think he, I don't remember if Dasek was there, but I remember the people who were there with me, I would record my screen because I kid you not, I would lift off the ground and my ship would just go left. It would just fly <laughs> into the wall yeah. of the hangar. <laughs> I had yeah. so much, so much trouble with it, but uh, yeah, get good. And I mean, that real that's gonna be that's gonna be the mantra I think moving forward as we see how much they're putting into these different gameplay yeah. features. Freaking medical, you got to balance the drugs that you need to yeah. use in order to dampen the injuries effects. Like that is, that's some good stuff. Next level. Yeah. I, listen, all these I look at these guys like old Ultima people, and I have so much faith in them because the Ultima games were were uh, game changing. They were uh, they set the standard for other games at the time. And I believe that they will do the same for this. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I, a lot of people have said that too, that Star Citizen is the kind of industry-defining game that doesn't come along often. I'm still waiting. Honestly, I, I, can't, I can't make the call one way or another. I do see the potential there. I'm still waiting, though, to see how it all turns out. I think Squadron 42 is going to be the, the real big kicker that, that decides it. Thanks. I'm um, terrified for that. I almost don't want it to come out because it's just like <laughs> nobody's going to be happy. Nobody, nobody's happy. Everyone's miserable. They hate yeah. things. They're just yeah. going to rip it apart. I don't want to see it get because that's, I know that's Chris Robert. No matter what, it's Chris Roberts' baby, and he's worked on that forever. And he's put that's it. It's his legacy after that. You know, that's the end. So um, I will love it regardless. But other people won't, and that'll hurt me. <laughs> I think that'll be. I mean, a good game is a good game, though. I think even no matter what, no matter how much uh, hate or negative coverage or just like absurd happenings that have surrounded this game's development, I think if Squadron 42 comes out and it's a good game, it will get the respect it deserves from the industry. Maybe not from like the, the people, because for some reason the people have decided they hate this project. But but from the industry, I don't know what it is. But I hate it. <laughs> there, there. I think definitely, if it's good, it will get that recognition. Um, and I don't think there will be anything more deserving of it because even though, even though, yes, this game has spent a lot of time under development, 
they've made some wrong turns here and there and it's taken a lot of money the amount of hard work passion and love that's been poured into this game just from what we can see of the developers is is enough to hope that it really does succeed not to mention what it's going to do to the industry i hope it does something to the industry because i'm pretty disgusted with the industry Man, I, I, I'm involved in a cryptocurrency, right? And I'm building a game for it right now. Mm-hmm. And you should see these games out there that people are putting out for cryptocurrencies. It's gross. And how many people are playing them is even grosser. Like, I, I'd like to see some numbers on, on how many people are playing crypto games compared to, I don't know, console games. Because it, it just they're so accessible. So many people play. It's like Candy Crush. 10,000 different, 10, different variants of Candy Crush. That's where the gaming industry is right now. Yeah, it's I'm not a huge fan of it, to be honest, either. It's we we got into this, especially the games that I like to play are more of the kind of RPG um, think Things like Fable, Skyrim, uh, Witcher, Mass Effect, like the, the single player story based RPG story and character driven RPGs. I love those. Uh, but we really ever since I would say Assassin's Creed started coming out around 2006, 2007, Everybody got stuck on this formula of how to do these open world games. Go somewhere, learn the area, find the collectibles, run the side quests, run the main quests. Most of this stuff is going to be in its own bubble. They're not really going to affect each other that much. The people who are involved are going to have selective memories. The NPCs that you encounter are going to be reset at the beginning of every sequence because they all have a role to play. That is not... Like, we need to move past that with games. And you don't see too many games trying to do that. Star Citizen's trying to do that. It's when they talk about it, I'm like, can you guys really actually do that? But at the yeah, same time, know, I'm right? also like, please do that because we need more of this. Um, and I think that's what draws a lot of people. I like to uh, talk with the hackers, the hacking community in Star Citizen regarding that. Because, like, I don't know it's technically possible. Mm-hmm. But these hackers have a better idea than I do. And for the stuff that they rag on about is not related to my concerns. So my concerns are apparently unwarranted because the hackers are like, no, 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 that's that's definitely possible. Well, I will but, tell you uh, that. Um, what's that? I will tell you that one of the one of the modders who pulls a lot of the stuff out of the game, um, who has gotten a lot of the stuff that SC Leaks has used, and you know can can see a lot of what's going on in the background, uh, has been on the podcast. Will be on the podcast probably next week or the week after. Um, and has spoken about how he's confident about the stuff that they're talking about. He doesn't see why they wouldn't be able to do it. The, the things mostly that are needed are more a question of time mm-hmm. rather than if they're possible. Yeah. Yeah, that and, sucks because that's uh, our hardest thing. Yeah. We seem to struggle with that. We want it right now. Yeah. yeah. It's it's kind of funny the kind of the the comments that you'll see about that sort of topic. Like you'll get some people who are like, this is crazy. Why are they building new features? Work on stability. Forget about everything else. Make it playable. And then you'll see people who are like, these features are taking too long. Why are you spending so much time making the game playable? Just build these features. And you're just like, <laughs> okay, well, crap, what do we do? <laughs> and and the, the funny thing is, is they're doing both. People keep asking them to do one or the other. And they're, they're constantly doing both. Yeah. They're bug Nothing's fixing, they're working done. on stability, and they're building features. But from what I've heard, yeah, the people who have the kind of can can get a little bit of a deeper view of it than than us uh seem to be in good spirits about it 
Yeah. I wish that they didn't get vilified as much as they did because they're pretty positive about the project. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Good. I know some people for some reason think that uh, the people who do that are out to get the project. And yeah. As somebody who sits and has conversations with them, I can say no, not at least not everybody not to, you know, don't generalize the group. Some people are just as interested about what's going on as everybody else. And if you have the skill to 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 peek under the peek under the cover a little bit, for lack of a better term, then some people like to do that. I personally never will because um, I kind of have. I won't say more respect for it, but. I don't like to see things before they're actually finished for the most part. <laughs> I sometimes I like a teaser, you know, and, and I will get into that a little bit. But for the most part, I like to try and save things for a good surprise, which is a bummer because I'm probably not going to be able to. Um, well, actually, overall. I think for anybody who's here for this process, we won't get to get that initial feeling of playing Star Citizen for the first time when it's actually complete, when it's yeah. a beautiful experience. We get that sort of gradual build up. And I'm just like, I'm super jealous of people who get to do that. It's true. It's true. It's a sacrifice though. I, I'm so happy to make the sacrifice. Cause like, I, I love being in the trenches. It feels like I'm in the trenches of Star Citizen. I don't know if I actually am or not, <laughs> but like talking with the developers and, you know, meeting the people like executives and stuff like that. And like all of these crazy like YouTubers and Twitch celebrities and talking with them, like it really feels like I'm a part of the project. And that to me is better than a surprise. That's a good point. Being part of the the being part of this whole process is definitely I would not trade it for that. For that yeah. for that sense of jumping in at that last moment. Um how long have you been following Star Citizen? I never asked you. Ever, ever since the beginning, um, my uh, when the when the Kickstarter happened, uh, I was in the worst financial position of my life. So, um, I would literally be borrowing money to buy the game, like from somebody else at that point, and I I couldn't do that in good faith. So, my roommate purchased the game, and I used to you know play with the hangar module on his computer and stuff like that. And then it wasn't until a couple years later, where I you know. I could feel confident purchasing the game. So I have a 2016 account because of that. But my roommate has a 2013 account. So still plays? That. Sometimes he does. He doesn't, he comes and goes. He doesn't tolerate the bugs very well. Mm -hmm. But whenever maybe a new patch comes, sometimes he'll stop by and see. Briefly but check I, it out. I wish he played more, but I understand that it's not for everybody. And he also wants to hold surprises too. He wants yeah. the surprise. Yeah. So, I've personally, I have personally taken to just not, I don't even talk with my real life friends about it really, unless yeah. they bring it up. <laughs> just, yeah. um, I had one friend who, who I brought in for 3.0. Um, yeah. He had, I don't think he had the game. I think he bought it for that. Just no, no, no. Sorry. Not 3.0. It was 2.6. Uh, point three, and he just wanted to kind of see what it was all about, and I was like, okay, we'll take you out, and we, you know, we went out to the Starfarer wreck in the yellow asteroid belt, and it was cool. Is that your first place you visited in three point oh? Uh, no, this was before three point oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, this was this was before we could land anywhere, or else I would have just. I taken was gonna ask, it. like, where was your first uh, body you landed on? Oh boy, you remember? Honestly, I don't. I oh, probably okay. Damar. Yeah, yeah. It was, it, it was Damar for me too. Yeah, Damar was kind of like the most. I I always liked the look of it the best out of all Crusaders moons. Same, same. Like they do all their updates. I love just flying around. It's beautiful. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like Mars. The way it's changed. Wow. Totally. Yep. 
but but yeah i brought that one friend there and like we played for a bit and it was like you know we we talked and he was like yeah it's cool but then hanging in the air there was like there's not much to do it's not it's not (laughs) worth playing and i was like you know what like just take some time um and i'll keep playing and i'll let you know when it's worth coming back in but when 3.0 came out, there was no other games out there that allowed you a seamless transition from space into the surface of a planet. No Man's Sky was still a dumpster fire when 3.0 came out. So Star Citizen couldn't was the you, first. Couldn't you at least fly from space to surface in but No Man's Sky? But it wasn't multiplayer then. Yeah, It was still single true. player. Yeah. Yep. I remember that. But it I wasn't was... long after before No Man's Sky caught up. It was like a month or two, I think. Yeah, and now, man, No Man's Sky. I mean, you just talked about playing that last night. Did you, uh, I don't know if the new update's public yet. But did you hear about the new update? No. What's the new update? Oh, man. It is probably the most interesting update I've seen for a Star Citizen fan. They're bringing in uh, full settlements so you can build and maintain the full settlements. You become an administrator of it. There's NPCs that act around it and all that kind of stuff. People can come land. You can build it together with the group. Um, okay, so that is out. That's what we were doing last night. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. How was that? I, this, so this is what I, I expect of No Man's Sky. This is my first experience. So I'm like, oh, cool. It's got base building. Maybe this is what Star Citizen <laughs> Oh, <have."> man. <laughs> oh, man. It's come it a long cool. way. It was fine. We had this stupid, um, oh, this robot. I can't Sentinels. And they were, it was yeah. just threatening the base the whole time. I don't know if that's a bug or something, but they're constantly there. You couldn't, like, leave the base. The Sentinel would attack you. So, like, oh, wow. it would just go through the portal or whatever. So I'm like, okay. All right. <laughs> you on like a hostile planet or something? That's weird. No, they 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 attack you whenever you change something in right. on the the planet. So yeah, yeah, because yeah. there's a settlement, I guess there was a change, and then they're just like wasps around yeah. the nest. The Sentinels have always pissed me off in that game. Yeah, they're just so naggy. But like that's... from a gameplay perspective, I don't see that much of an advantage in a procedurally generated universe. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't I, know I mean I think that. it's it's just. It's just a matter of it's easier to do with less people. They just don't have the the manpower to start handcrafting a bunch of stuff. That's something that that CIG will always probably have over every other company because they can just keep because they have so much funding they can just keep hiring people that can pump out more of this handcrafted stuff. But a game like Elite Dangerous, No Man's Sky, um, even something like say Starfield they're probably going to keep the teams relatively small in comparison. So they'll have to keep doing more of the procedural stuff. One thing I did, I I thought that was quite unique about it. And I wish I could tell everybody uh, who hates star citizen is that like, I didn't get that immersion high. It's getting like getting the immersion is a high. I feel it's, it's just takes your brain away from reality escapism. And I didn't get that sensation with no man's sky. And I had quite a few opportunities for it. So the graphics help with, I think with so. Star Citizen a lot. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I I will say that the that started to happen a lot more for me after we got the volumetric gas clouds in space. Oh. I didn't yeah. think that was going to be like that was like a okay, we've been waiting a while for this. This is really cool. I'm glad it's coming in, but it's mostly visual. But that has had such a huge impact on on moving around this game for me. Like I still fly into a rest stop and every single time i'm like oh gosh i want to see the clouds fly past or oh man i wonder like what color and what vibe it's going to be here and we're starting to like now that they're looking at pyro and talking more about bespoke spacecaping and new asteroid packs you know you're starting to see that 
rivers, roads, magma. Yeah, yeah, and everywhere is going to actually be different. Nothing like that in gaming. Not really. The, like you got Elite Dangerous. You got No Man's Sky. I don't know. Yeah. Starfield is they are they going to do a good a job? <laughs> yeah, I mean, are they, Starfield definitely won't be. I don't think it'll be in the same league. I think it will I don't be. Think so. They've a, never pushed out a game that's been in a good league. <laughs> hey, I personally I like Bethesda. Uh, I don't like all of their stuff, but I like I like what their company at least used to stand for in their games, and they say they're going more towards that again. So I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Their their games, Morrowind. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, what was the other one? I forget the other Elder Scrolls game. Not, but even... not Fallout. Not Fallout. No, no, no. Right? Generally, okay, they're okay. Elder Scrolls games, the earlier ones. Yeah. Uh, and I guess Fallout New Vegas wasn't Bethesda, I don't think. But the, the older ones were really, they also were about allowing you to do whatever you wanted and then reacting to that and creating a game around that, which, which is something that I'll always cheer for. So I hope they do that with Starfield. But I don't think that it will be as expansive because it's a AAA studio. They don't have the ability to put, you know, uh, risky money towards that stuff. I think they'll probably play it safe. So we're looking at No Man's Sky, Elite Dangerous, Star Citizen, and like, you know, maybe if they add more features and stuff, we could see players like Starbase come in and, and take some of that market. But Star Citizen, I think, is by and far going to be the place to go for the most beautiful visuals in the best perspective. Well, Theaters of War looks interesting. Like, if they get into the whole Battlefield Arena kind of uh, market, that mm -hmm. would be cool. Yeah. That could open up a lot, I think. Yeah. And that's where all the all your players who keep talking about permadeath and inventory and don't want to deal with that, that's where they can go play on their on their off time. That's a great that's right. way to, you know, get 20 minutes of, of game time in. And they're probably going to use that as a way to market Squadron 42. I think that there's a lot just in the, the spaceships to get people hooked. Like, the mm -hmm. spaceships are beautiful. Even yeah. if you're a Battlefield player, you'll probably come to Star Citizen and be like, wow, this spaceship's really cool. Or the tank. This tank is really cool. Yeah. So uh, you could just hook it. That's the thing about FPS games. I'm not really into FPS games anymore. Like, I grew up, you know, with Doom and Wolfenstein and then uh, Unreal and Quake and all that. And it's all the same. Nothing has really changed in the past 20 years. So, like, I'm not going to just do more of the same. And I think that, like, the gamers now, the Battlefield players now, in 20 years from now, they're going to be bored of FPS games. And then they'll, like... Probably appreciate maybe Star Citizen because of all the other elements that are within it. Mm -hmm. Gateway drug. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and if they... Star Citizen is like developing this method of playing where even if you are an FPS player, this game isn't an FPS, but it has something for you. So you could be an FPS player who is literally just a security detail for a salvage crew, right? You, totally. You're not going in because you are... Needed fighting people yeah you're going in because people need you you're going to make money yep. doing it and you might get some gameplay out of it you could be a combat medic you could be a exploration security detail like fps players have a place in this game farmers have a place in this game miners have a place pirates have a, like everybody can jump into a team and play it's just a matter of whether or not they can make it accessible enough to those people and theaters of war sounds like a big step towards that you know what I think? This is just like theory crafting, but um, Lumberyard and uh, WebGL, where you're playing Star Citizen through a browser, that there, then you have like accessible to everybody at that point. Hmm. That's something but, that that is that was built in with Lumberyard. That's not available yet. They're offering Lumberyard for uh, WebGL soon, mm -hmm. so maybe within a year. 
But like whether Star Citizen will play in that kind of interface, probably not. But maybe in 10 years from now. That would be, yeah. Is that essentially like game streaming? Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it would be. You're streaming the game engine. Yes. Right. Into the, into the browser. That would be incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what I'm building my game in right now. Okay. I use a similar technology to that, but out of JavaScript. So I see. I see. Yeah. Well, the, the more, the more people they make it accessible to, and you know, people keep talking about how this game needs to be optimized and all this stuff. Like they know that they're, yeah. This game has to be able to be played on the majority of computers because they they're gonna have to bring in as many people as possible. It's already a niche game, so like they have to make it accessible to as many people as they can. I don't think that's I think optimization is something that we won't really need to worry about, especially with server meshing working. I hope it doesn't stay as a niche game because I think people are missing out. I, I understand Space Sim is not as popular as other game genres, but um, one thing I did want to stress, though, and I don't know if you've ever talked to Joe Run about this from the Yacht Club, but uh, I don't like the word game. It, every time I call something a game, I get this bad feeling in the pit of my stomach because, like, we're not really we're like generalizing these these digital activities, digital the software. It's all software. We're we're not labeling them properly. Like, what is the difference between a simulator and a game? One has a game mechanic, and the other doesn't. What's a game mechanic? I see. I see. Well, I usually refer to this, refer to it as a project whenever I'm talking about yeah, it. I try to at least. To yeah. I agree. Because it does, because like not only is it obviously not like you're saying, it could be defined differently from a normal game. There's also just multiple aspects to it. Like you were saying, Star Citizen, Theaters of War, Squad 42. Um, the, the, the star engine itself is probably something that should be considered as being built here. The lore behind it, like this is it's going to be bigger than just, you know, a single game or anything like that. So I do like to try and refer to it as a project. Sometimes it slips, though. Yeah, no, me game. too. I'm and sorry, like, Star Citizen. What's that? No, I said, I'm sorry. I called you a game, Star Citizen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, like, people kind of typecast it if you call it a game. Like, they immediately know what it is. They know everything about it as soon as you call it a game. Because mm -hmm. I played Super Mario Brothers before. I know what video games are, right? But it doesn't really describe everything. Yeah. So to call it a project, I think, is a lot more accurate and maybe manage people's expectations a little bit better. It is funny whenever somebody asks me what I do, and I'm like, oh, I make YouTube videos. They're like, what for? I'm like, a, a game. And they're like, oh, so you're like playing a game and yelling and, and, and all that stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, well, no, there's, there's, because, I mean, Covering this, covering Star Citizen is not the same as covering other games. You just, totally. All you have to do is look at the videos that people are making. And you're like, okay, there's more There's more to cover here than just like what's the new best feature or what's the new top gun and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I think the whole expectation that people get going into this when they consider it a game is probably also why people keep comparing it to normal games development cycles, saying that it's exactly. taking way too long. Yeah, exactly. Well, in the context of software development, uh, this is pretty normal. So whatever. Yeah. And and I mean, it's also like there's nothing wrong with admitting that a company might have made some mistakes that make yeah, the process 100%. take longer. Because that happens all the time with everything. Like you said, with, with software, it's the same way. But like I've seen it in my work. I've seen it in other industries. It's not weird. And the fact that people focus so much on that, basically how long it's taking and how much money it's taking. Um, 
I guess that just proves that it is different from other games because usually you don't hear that kind of stuff. I don't think I heard a single person talk about how Cyberpunk was taking too long. <laughs> yeah, that I remember that conversation. It was like sure. it was it was announced the same year as Star Citizen. Yeah. And it was taking the same amount of time to come out. And you would get article after article after article about Star Citizen, how it's taking so long. And I get that was because, you know, they thought that Squadron 42 would come out sooner. But the fact of the matter is that they were taking the same amount of time. And we saw what happened with Cyberpunk when it came out. Yep. Yeah, I feel like they did, like the community pressured them to release it, though. That's what, like, I remember on the subreddit, there was the occasional banter about release the game, release the game. There were, there were some dark periods on the subreddit. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I love Reddit. I always choose Reddit over other mediums, but, uh, well, and uh, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it is what it is for Cyberpunk. It definitely, it, it sparked a lot of anger the first two, I think it got delayed twice, and it made, people mad i was personally of the camp of like just keep delaying it until we need it please i said that about final fantasy 7 as well i feel like they rushed that too (sighs) so many games and now they're doing the same thing with halo are they i mean like (laughs) people will say they're not they delayed the game by a year but even now it's still coming with you know a couple features that are going to be sorely missed i'm not going to say the game is ruined i'm not going to be all hyperbolic about it but it is really good. It's a disappointment that I won't be able to play the game in co-op, at least for the first however many months. Um, and we won't get off in that tangent. But just the idea mm-hmm. that games come out unfinished and you can either choose for those games to take a long time or you can choose to play them as they're continuing to getting patched. It's happened with No Man's Sky. It's happened with Cyberpunk. It's happened with Anthem. It's happened with a bunch of games. Let's, let's not make that happen with Star Citizen. Well, the problem is, is like Moore's law applies to video game development. You know, like there's an exponential increase in complexity over time. And the only way to solve the complexity is by throwing money at it and time because the pro- project manager's triangle. Uh, so th- it's inevitable. Stuff's going to take more time until we uh, get into the place where we're, uh, we have AI writing software for us. The human can only go so fast. But like that might happen in the future where all of a sudden we just have procedurally generated software. And then all of a sudden Moore's Law doesn't really need to apply with the complexity and it can take less time to make more complex games. I'm wondering like what is our, what's going to be the holdback once we could do that? Like what's going to hold us back from, what's going to make games be limited then? Hardware. Servers. That's pretty cool. I mean, if, if, if... you can build a really small game with so many options because of software. Like we're looking at a game like 12 Minutes that just came out, all takes place in one room with one perspective. You could build a game with millions of possibilities with, with procedural software. You don't even need to make crazy, beefy hardware to run it. That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of tools available now. Like I remember what game development used to be like 25 years ago, but and now... Like Unity, if you've ever worked with Unity before, it's like a Photoshop for video games. So, Mm -hmm. man, the tools they have now, it's it's remarkable. Yeah, and that's, I think, one of the best trends of this last decade, I would say, um, is that indie games and games that have been started by one person or two people or even as big as the 10-person group, they can start to kind of match some of these double or even triple A games because of the tools that they have available to them. That's really cool. And some of the stuff that I'm seeing from newer engines coming out, you know, uh, the star engine that they're using at CIG or 
Unreal Engine with some of the new technology that they're putting out, and I'm sure Unity with what they're what they're currently working on. Um, I'm excited for, like you said, the gaming industry right now is in a pretty disappointing place. But from yeah. a tech perspective, it is so exciting, and I it's really hope that what is what what used to make the game industry good, or at least what still does in some areas, but what I really really love from like that period of like 2005 to 2012. I hope that comes back and I hope we start to see more innovation. Using 2005 these to 2012. Yeah. Those were the good years for me, specifically 07 and 08. That was when I, we were getting original games like the first Assassin's Creed, the first Mass Effect, um, Bioshock, uh, the new, the newer Half-Life game. We were seeing new concepts and ideas come out, and I was just like, it was great. It was awesome. You could get a new game every single year and put hours and hours into it and not feel like you had to spend more money. And I just don't really see that that much anymore. So I hope I that... I... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Brains before beauty. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you. Go. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying that, like, for me, the great period was between the late 80s and the, the mid-90s for video games. Oh, well, that was before I could play. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably, no, tell me tell me more about that, though. Why did you like that? That's when everything was invented. All of your Mass Effect, your Assassin's Creed, all of those mechanics started late 80s, mid-90s. Mm. Well, I want them to start doing that again. So it hard, well, the, 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 I don't think we can. I think that... I think it's like, there's a word for it. it I, it's like climax. There's a better word, but de, denouement. Uh, anyways, like we're still playing the same games. Nothing's, nothing has changed the past 30 years. Mm -hmm. Like uh, you look at those games they add on the RSI website to unlock form badges and stuff like that. Like those are just like Atari games pretty much. Mm -hmm. And like they just take that skin, the interface and put it as a mini game within the game. And that's the stuff that keeps us into it so our brains are really triggered by certain patterns and we've already kind of exploited those patterns what else can we invent more complex ways to exploit those patterns maybe yeah well when you look at star citizen do you see a change no not for the most part mm. what i see is immersion through graphics and then i see the fidelity that i had from the 80s the 90s because that's so what it's all about, is the fidelity. So it's expanding on the same ideas, but in a way that not many other games are. Sadly, yeah. Pretty primitive tech. Like, the, that's what I'm working on right now in my own game, is I'm just trying to focus on the, the fidelity itself. Just that. Just take one feature and dig as far as I can with it mm -hmm. to see where it goes. Well, if you can't find a way to make things more complicated, then drawing people in deeper seems like the best alternative. Maybe. They, At least they, it creates kind of a new experience. And yeah. I think that's that's what it's all about. It yeah. should be about experiences. And there's really a moment, I think, when everybody kind of is playing Star Citizen and gets that. They, they I hope they, they do. If that. they're not, they're missing. Because I, I remember I was looking at like a Horizon and No Man's Sky last night, and it was just without feeling, without emotion. But despite the fact that I've been in Star Citizen for as long as I have and done it and experienced everything, I still like, I'm breathless at yeah. a sunset. It, it, it does it. I don't know what it is, but they're doing a good job at it. And I can't wait to see what they keep doing with it. Um, 
but that I think, I think that's a pretty good good place for us to to uh, stop for today. This has been a fantastic talk, though. And I, do you have anything else that you wanted to add? You said that I was watching one of your videos. You said mm-hmm. that um, you feel like Star Citizen is a bit of a pocket for content creators. I don't know if you said that a while ago. Do you remember saying that? I I think I know what I meant when I said it. Yeah. Yeah. In that people get stuck in producing Star Citizen content doesn't yield much because they could easily be doing Battlefield or something else content and get Mm -hmm. way more from it. Mm -hmm. I still think that's true. I think if I had put the same effort into my YouTube channel and covered a game like Battlefield or Cyberpunk, I would be much bigger. Um, I, I, I don't think that Star Citizen is a good growth platform right now. But I think in terms of the next 10 years, it's probably one of the best places you can invest as a creator. It's like, it's like, it's kind of like how I've been feeling about YouTube in terms of streaming. Right now, it might not be, it's a good place to go. It is. And certain people will have certain situations in which that is the best place they should be streaming. But for most people, Twitch is probably still the best choice. For most people, it's probably still best to cover other games because Star Citizen is in a place where you really have to dedicate a lot of time and effort and understanding into covering it. But in the long term, I think this game is going to be huge in terms of growth. And Cool that you say that because people are like, it's got to end. And you're like, it's just beginning. Oh, yeah. That's where the whole idea of this came from is actually from my wife. She started Space Tomato, to be honest. It was her idea. Yeah, because she was she she I was already crazy about the game, but I was just a fan and I showed it to her and she constantly was reminded of how obsessed I was with it and she's like why don't you just start like creating stuff for this I'm like it's it's already like look how many people are doing it it's saturated there's already so much going on she's like dude what are you talking about look at what's going to be happening in 10 years and it took me a little while but then I was I started thinking about it I was like yeah there's no way like this game's going to blow up if they if they actually succeed with it and that is obviously a decent sized if but if they do this thing's going to blow up and so when I say it feels kind of like a pocket right now, it's just because if you start covering Star Citizen, we're rabid. <laughs> we want more Star Citizen. You're not mm-hmm. going away. Like um, everybody notices it. I've seen plenty of other creators talk about it, but but it's it's a good pocket to be in still if you're in it for the long run. And like people are always coming and going. I don't know if it's just like the ADD nature of gamers or whatever, but you know they they come here, they produce content, and they say, "Oh, well, I'm not getting my numbers, so I'm." Yeah. Heading off the next thing. Yeah. Or they cover it like once a year or once, you know, once every time a new update comes out, stuff like that. And that only works in our benefit because it's those people that tend to have the ginormous communities and they expose Star Citizen. Then we all get to reap those rewards. Yeah. They get a taste. They wet their beaks. They want more. (laughs) And they come find us. GTA is the best game ever. What would it take for Star Citizen to be as popular as GTA? Oh my gosh. Um, what would it take for GTA to be the best? GTA is the best game ever. Or what would it take for, for Star Citizen to be as big as GTA? Yeah. I, Hookers and blow. I think there would have to be a lot of work done to make the beginning experience really casual. Oh, like a tutorial. Good yeah. interfaces. I mean, even just going past that, like not even introducing people to the lore, 
GTA is super accessible because anybody can sit down, pick it up, and not have to really know much to have fun, right? But like Star Citizen, you you can't just sit down and play. That's what I mean. That's what theaters of war would be for. But even that is not going to be as expansive as GTA. So I don't think Star Citizen could ever reach that popularity unless uh, the RP, the the role play aspect of it, really took off. Well, it's got to take off the role play aspect. That's what it's all about. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's just a matter of to what extent. You know, I'm a part of the Star Citizen roleplay community. Really? Yeah. Did you know there was a Star Citizen roleplay community? I think I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah. yeah I think but I'm, I had... like, I'm like mid, mid-tier mid in the ranking system or whatever, if that means anything. Huh. I did but not know that a... we had a... Yeah, we didn't know we had a community, but I have been imagining that it's going to get massive at some point it's interesting though to see like those are hardcore role players in there um and just to hear what they have to say is totally different from what everybody else has to say uh but either way they're so committed and passionate and those guys are going to be just carrying the baton to the finish line hmm what and what are they what is it that they're saying that differs from everyone else it's all about persistence and uh 30ks and that's about it really like they like period no role play until the servers are stable zero that's basically like they'll argue they go back and they retry but at the end of the day it's always kind of disappointing so you can't yeah. maintain a storyline that's the thing like you could you could be a role player and say i'm this person i'm a, a soldier and i'm an infantryman or whatever and i'm going to kill these people that's one thing but the why behind that is kind of the essence behind role play is like, oh, why are you an infantryman? Who were you before the war? What is it that's motivating you to move forward as an yeah. infantryman? You know, yeah, like, you can't those... have that if the servers are always 30 king. Yeah, the game's not backing you up. That's going to be an important part of it. I think it'll get there. And I think the role play uh, will be second to none because the UO role play, the Ultima role play was insane. And yeah. Wing Commander's still kicking. So there you go. I think that's going to be big. I I'm a, yeah. I agree with you. The role play is going to be big here. I don't know if it'll ever reach GTA big because that is, I mean, like I was on Twitch earlier today and there was somebody playing with 100,000 viewers. Maybe that'll yeah. happen in Star Citizen. I don't know. I do think that Star Citizen will at some point be a front page game on Twitch. Maybe not like the first row or anything, but I think it will be a very widely streamed game. Maybe not consistently, but during the new updates and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know if it'll ever be top game in the world kind of thing. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see that. I don't see it having that sort of mass appeal. And I mean, I have a lot of respect for GTA. Like I played GTA one when it first came out and I've been following ever since, uh, what they, they've done so many smart decisions as a corporation. And there's just a level of, um, adoption that the, the players seem to have just easy to understand and interpret mm -hmm. the context. But I just don't like GTA and the fact that it's all about, uh, well, you know, like violence. I mean, the type of violence in GTA is, is unique. And Wonton. then there's like, yeah. And then there's like, uh, you know, um, gender profiling and racism and, and all sorts of terrible things like that. Uh, and it, the thing I like about Star Citizen is space. Space is like our future. So like we're, we're working towards the future instead of, you know, beating hookers for blow, you know, <laughs> different stories going on there. And I wish my that Star Citizen was more popular for that reason. And I feel, you know, I feel bad when there's 12 year olds playing Grand Theft Auto because that's, that's how they understand the world to be. 
Maybe it is, but still. <laughs> I mean, I do hope that there is a positive force in their life that can help them understand game from life. But I, I do agree. So I do agree that um, I like the approach Star Citizen takes more. I mean, it's a it's something that definitely inspires more thought, I think, and and curiosity, and also helps people to grow more interested in science and the th type of things that are going to yes. help to push us forward. Wait till they got GTA and virtual reality. That'll be bad news bears. <laughs> By then we'll have GTA in a, in a sci-fi setting as well. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Hopefully. Maybe that'll be Starbase. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, man. Well, this has been a fantastic talk, Skelly, and thank you again Thanks for coming me. by. Um, yeah. tell, us, tell us everywhere that, that the people can find you. Anywhere. I stream Twitch on Twitch Monday to Friday, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I just do trade. I'm a Care Bear. Uh, so if you want to pirate me and blow up my ship, you're welcome to do that. Or if you you're want to jump on board and I'll pay you for security services, we can do that too. Yeah. I stream Ultima Online on Mondays. And uh, I'm a, I have a pizzeria in UO. And you can come and buy pizza if you play UO. It's free to play. Uh, I do... Um, IRL pizza making on Saturdays. Ooh. So I make pizza from a pizzeria. I didn't tell you, but I wanted to let you know that tomato is my favorite fruit. People always ask me what your favorite fruit is, and nobody thinks a tomato is a fruit, but it is my favorite fruit. Wow. So just FYI. I do. We don't hear that often. <laughs> yeah, I'm really weird because I would choose to have a fruit, uh, a tomato instead of an apple. But it's totally true. <laughs> yeah. Somebody tosses you an apple, you're just. This is the wrong one. Take this back. This would be inferior next to a <laughs> juicy tomato. Yeah. And I mean, I've worked at a greenhouse before where I've had amazing tomatoes. So I'm a big fan of tomatoes. Well, the garden um, appreciates appreciates your um, enthusiasm. I'm glad to hear that. Cool. All right. Well, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much for being on here. Segalian, a great Star Citizen uh, streamer. Please, we will have the link to his profile down in the show notes and the video description on YouTube. But uh, if you haven't already, check out his channel. Go say hi. And I'd like to thank everybody for listening again to another episode of the Launch Sequence Podcast here with Space Tomato. This week was a good talk. And we've got a lot of good things planned for the next month or so. We're leading up to CitizenCon, so expect some exciting episodes, exciting discussions and topics coming up. Uh, we'll be having a couple of specials here and there. A another giveaway going on over on Twitch, where I'm actually just now uh, getting a partnership. So definitely make sure to go check Congratulations. that out. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Well deserved. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Make sure to go check out that giveaway. Check out the YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Please leave a review or a comment, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you might be. We really appreciate that. And go check out our merch. We've got a merch store with some good Tamat threads that you can wear and represent they're, they're pretty good and we got some new designs in the making that we're working on so definitely check that out that'll be down below as well but again i'd like to thank everybody for coming to another episode of the launch sequence podcast sigelian my friend one more time thank you so much thanks for having me man it's, a, it's an honor truly of course and we will see you all next week <laughs>